Okay, good afternoon. Uh, welcome to the 84 Million Podcast. Uh, very glad to say that we have uh, Mr. John Moore with us today, also known as Johnny Litecoin on Twitter. Uh, what can we say about Johnny? Um, let's see, he's a sound money advocate. He's a payment specialist. Um, I believe he set up Litecoin tech support, but maybe it's a multi-person job. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and of course, um, you're a member of the Litecoin Foundation as well. Um, so welcome to the show, Johnny. Great to have you. How are we doing? Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. So I thought of you, um, obviously, I've, I've followed you on Twitter for quite some time. Uh, you're very active there. Um, doing a lot of content and videos and getting on other people's programs and, and chatting with them. Um, but I think you're a really good communicator on breaking down Litecoin simply. And I think sometimes maybe in, in crypto, we can lose that because, and I'm not the guru or anything. Like last year, we were with a coder, David Burkett, and he speaks well too, obviously, you know, but he can go way down into the details of, you know, how the code works and everything like that when the average person might not be too worried about that in terms of user experience. So I wanted to talk to you really about user experience, uh, what does the payments world look like and things like that. But now that we have a podcast, I guess I need to stick with the format from last week uh, or two weeks ago. And so I have to start out with some frivolity and ask you two random questions. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. Okay. So uh, would you rather be stuck on a broken ski lift or a broken elevator? Ooh, I guess the broken ski lift. Do you ski? No. <laughs> I don't either, but I, I was kind of thinking the same thing. At least uh, you don't feel, uh, I guess, compressed and you can enjoy yes, the scene as long yes. as you don't freeze to death. <laughs> so. yeah, I guess you're outside, I guess, and worse comes to worse. Uh, I have been on the ski lift before. I guess if it was really bad enough, you could, I guess, jump. You're jumping into snow, so I guess you could take your chances. There we go. <laughs> There, there's the answer. Uh, frivolity part two. If you lost all of your possessions but one, what would you want it to be? So I guess if you could keep one item, what would it be? I guess you keep your um, private key for your uh, best crypto wallet. <laughs> very good. Appropriate answer. <laughs> right? Very, very good. So let's talk about Litecoin. Um, again, I kind of shared with our audience um, who you are. Um, but I'd just like to see how, how do we get, if I'm going to pretend I don't know anything about Litecoin, you know, you just met me. How do, how do I get into this? How do you onboard me? Sure. So, um, I mean, I have to see, uh, you know, what experience you have in crypto. So we kind of gauge the people first and we, I kind of gauge their technical aptitude next. And, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we usually use a, uh, one of the basic exchanges. Uh, I think PayPal is a good start right now because a lot of people have PayPal. So it's familiar to them. We could always go with Coinbase or something like that. But, uh, before we get into that, I like to have them download a non-custodial wallet. So uh, a light wallet or an Exodus wallet, something of that nature. And I send them a few pennies, 50 cents, a dollar, something like that, because I want them to get the experience of what crypto or Litecoin really is, rather than going into a PayPal or an account that is an account. It's in the centralized financial system. You have to do KYC. I can't tell you how many times uh, I've tried to get someone into Bitcoin or Litecoin, and um, they're like, "Oh, Bitcoin or Litecoin's asking me for asking me all these questions about myself, and why do they want my identity?" I'm like, "It's not Bitcoin or Litecoin that wants your identity. That government wants that for what they call KYC, know your customer, for all, all that stuff." So. That's why I really try to show that non-custodial wallet. First, what that, you know, like I said, Light Wallet or Exodus Wallet, those are just wallets that provide you with seed words, 12 or 24 seed words, and then let them see a transaction, a blockchain transaction, you know, especially a transaction on the Litecoin network. It's fast, Litecoin's liquid. So I could show them, look, I just sent you value and the network cleared it. There was no... 
So that a lot of times clicks for people if I do that. Not always. Um, again, a lot of people are uh, afraid of this stuff. So um, you know, you really have to use utilize Litecoin as a. Um, it's kind of a talking point in the freedom or space, and it's one of the key things is being into Litecoin and being into crypto and knowing how to use it. But people aren't always ready to meet you at that bridge. In other words, they might be stuck on something else. So you kind of got to tread water in this whole freedom space. That's why I even mentioning gold and silver, sometimes they bite on that. And then from there, you could say, hey, gold and silver is great, but we're in a digital based world. We need a digital silver, a digital gold. We need things that work for us in this digital world in which we live. Then you can kind of compare it to gold and silver. Um, so yeah, that's really how you have to get started with people. You can't um, jam too much down their throat. You have to see kind of what they're ready to accept, I guess. What about the person that says, oh, crypto, you're talking to me. It's all a scam. Maybe how do you differentiate that statement, which may have truth in it, <laughs> and Litecoin? You know, for that um, person, a lot of times I'll say, hey, look, most of the cryptos are a scam. I agree with you. There's been a lot of bad press. However, don't take your eyes off of a few good cryptocurrencies that are actually considered to be commodities. And, you know, I tell people they will be ruled. And we saw yesterday the CFTC said, hey, yeah. these are commodities. And I explain how there's a cost to create these coins. How I say most of the cryptocurrencies, you're right. It's a company that releases the coin. They're more like, I ask them, do you know what a security is? They say, no. I say, well, that's a, that's a stock offering. They operate more like that where a true cryptocurrency like Litecoin, like Bitcoin, they're like gold and silver. They have a cost to create each one. And I kind of go with that argument with people and then see, I kind of see how they, a lot of times that's, that could even be over people's heads, right? Yeah. So you really just try to see how they, it's like any sales, not that we're selling people on anything, but you can't have the same sales pitch for everybody. You have to kind of mirror what the customer is saying, what the person's saying, and then tailor your argument around how they're responding to you and what they bite on or what they find interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. And I, I do, I mean, I, and I shared this with David the other week, kind of we came in, I would argue him too, kind of through the route of, of metals and then freedom, freedom encoding and things like that. And I think that is a way to, to, to attract a certain portion of the community. Uh, but what about the person that just uses cash at the register? I mean, what do you, how do you compare it? Or maybe cards are more appropriate. Not a lot of people use cash anymore. And I want to get into that too. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, you got both situations. You got people that just use cards. They love credit cards. and But then a lot of businesses uh, do like cash, especially small businesses that are owner-operator. They want to get cash. They just don't see a lot of it anymore. You, or you do see some businesses that say, hey, we're still not taking credit card. Maybe their business has been there forever. Um for those people, I just try to explain, look, we're actually really pro-cash, the Litecoin community and a lot of the crypto community, um, Bitcoin community. We're not anti-cash. We just want to give you cash that works in this digital world in which we're moving into. Because I explained to them, how do you move cash across the internet? How do you do, use utilize cash for an e-commerce transaction? And I just explained, this is a digital cash and I tell them, you know, soon the government's going to gonna slowly but surely get rid of the physical currency. They're already seeing it where it's used less and less. But I say, what happens if they get rid of that completely? You have to have some type of, of option because then they're going to give you an alternative to use and it's not going to be in your, um, in your benefit or in your favor. Um, most likely, we can't say for sure, you know, who knows? It could create a digital currency that's uh, wonderful for all I know, but... Seeing their track record, I wouldn't uh, think it. I would think it has a lot of control mechanisms in it, which means they can control where you spend it, what you do with it, what interest rate you get, give certain people different interest rates, make the money expire, all those things. So I really just try to um, push that on people and just explain, hey, this is a um, – you don't – I explain if you know how to use Litecoin, 
you don't need any processor or third party to get involved. You can kind of um, reconcile it on your own and you could, you could process the payment on your own. In other words, the network will clear it, which is decentralized, but you could utilize it like a currency or like cash in a digital form where you don't have to wait for money from the payment processor, which I happen to know a lot about because that's my, um, that was always my business I was in, was putting out credit card terminals and point of sale systems and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, and I do want to pick your brain on that. Let me see here. So if, I, if I'm, we kind of talked about your elevator pitch. You kind of, you, you check out who you're talking to. You kind of pivot or tweak your conversation based upon what they're sharing with you. But what about how do I get Litecoin? What are the ways I can get Litecoin? Sure, sure. So when that, um, after I sent them the transaction and let them see, uh, let them see Litecoin dance and all its magic, then they say, well, how do I get this stuff? Then I say, great, there's accounts that are on their apps. They're called exchanges. And you go in there and it's kind of similar to, to Venmo or something of that nature. And I say, hey, this is Litecoin's even in Venmo and PayPal. I just, you know, I don't really get too much into you can't move off the platform just right. yet. Because again, we don't want to go too far in the weeds. I just explained there's, there's different exchanges that you could buy on. And these are just companies that want to sell you the Litecoin. And I say, hey, if you don't want to use one of those services, you could even go in person to physical ATMs. You could buy the stuff that way with actual paper currency. But you're going to pay a premium. You're going to pay more. Um, and a lot of people get mad about that. But I say, well, if you went and bought silver right now, you're going to pay a 20% premium at most coin stores or more. I mean, if it's an American Eagle coin, you're going to pay a 50% premium. If you buy gold, even the premium on gold right now is uh, 7 or 8% at most um, coin dealers where, you know, you can find usually a cryptocurrency ATM that's around that same range. So same type of idea. But I'll say there's different ways to buy and sell it. I'll a lot of times pull out my Litecoin um, debit card and I say, look, there's really cool products like this Litecoin Visa card. And I explain this has an, an app and a wallet attached to it. And you can transfer your Litecoin to the app or wallet that this card's connected to. And um, you could spend wherever, wherever Visa is accepted or you can actually um, – go to an ATM and take out physical cash. That really resonates with people. They see this, this Litecoin card as powerful. Now, I do like the idea of on-chain payments. Mm -hmm. So um, um, not that I'm divided on this. I'd rather, if I had it my way, see people walking up to a register and just paying wallet to wallet on-chain However, the fact that this has a wallet attached to it, right? So there's a wallet attached to this card, and then it has the Visa logo on it, which is really key because Visa is that um, the railway that's built into every point of sale system. You have to do an on-chain transaction to send it to the wallet. So really, all you're doing in a way is, I guess, um, it'd be more preferential for the merchant if you could make that on-chain payment because they wouldn't have the fees, they wouldn't have the chance of, of fraud, you're still opening them up to all of Visa's rules. So it really just makes it a lot more convenient for you as the cardholder. But, hey, if the business doesn't accept Litecoin on-chain and you want to pay there, Visa is accepted at almost every business. And the, the key thing is, is that, um, you know, Litecoin – it could be integrated into the majority of the point of sale systems that are out there. It's not for certain reasons. It's not nothing to do technically. Most of the systems can integrate Litecoin like that. It's actually easy to do. It would be easy to validate the payment. It would work flawlessly in that environment. It's that the banking industrial complex does not want to allow it. They do not want to allow any type of competitors so Visa is what's in there. So just take advantage of those Visa rails and spend wherever Visa accepted. So that is a good option. Uh, the cool thing is that card will hold the value in Litecoin, which is pretty cool. So I like I like that. But again, I'm 
more of a crypto maximalist. I would prefer if you didn't have to use the Visa network at all and you could just walk up on chain and make that payment, even though that's the business I'm in is making money from credit card transactions. I, I'm just seeing less and less cash used. So I don't mind if people have Litecoin integrated and they take it on chain and I don't make money on every transaction. I'd rather see it be good for the merch. I know a lot of people are still going to pay with that Visa card. I would just, yeah, I like this. I would like to see some of the transactions coming through at least on the Litecoin network and at least the risky ones. The key is that um, as far as the business goes, if a business, see a business takes all the liability in a payment situation on the chin. So if there's fraud, it could be three or three or four months after that transaction takes place. You can call your card up and say, hey, look, I see a transaction from uh, November. This wasn't me. Then they might go back and say, gee, you know what? No problem. We're going to credit you your money back. Now, it's March right now. The business is like November. That was before the holidays. I'm a, I don't remember who this was. They could get beat for thousands of dollars. Uh, oftentimes, fraud occurs in non-face-to-face -face environments. So somebody orders something over the phone. Like I used to do business with a lot of appliance stores. Hey, ship me these appliances to this house. It's abandoned or something. Cards from out of state. But, you know, they always have a good story. They say, oh, we just bought the property, this and that. And the, the salesperson, they want to make the sale. So they're not always a fraud detection expert. You know, they're going to say, hey, we'd, we'd rather try to slip this one through. We got our commission and hope for the best kind of thing. Um, so, again, if the business can take a cryptocurrency like Litecoin or Bitcoin, especially those two because the networks are secure and the coins are liquid, if they can ex accept it for payment in that risky situation at least, that would make me happy as a payments guy because I could say, hey, look, I'm giving you Visa for your face-to-face -face stuff, which is fast. Visa's easy. I like it. The staff doesn't have to learn anything new. But on your for your businesses that take larger transactions, hey, look, this Litecoin or this Bitcoin is a great alternative because now you don't have to worry about getting a three or four or $5,000 um, chargeback, it's called. And that's when they take the money right out of your bank account. So you don't, you don't have any say as the business. You could wake up one morning and thousands of dollars comes out of your account. You call the processor and say, why? They said, well, you had a chargeback. Even if you win the case and you hand in all the documents, it might take you three, four, five, six weeks to get your money back. Now you're without that working capital for three, four, five, six weeks. Most small businesses, they're running on a shoestring budget. So they're, they can't afford to have their money taken from them for that long. If they get it back at all, they might have just got beat. And then that's, that's the owner's profit. So it fixes a lot of problems in the current payment system. It's just that they, the bad guys, whoever you want to call them, I call them the banking industrial complex, um, you know, the, the bad people, they don't want these problems fixed. They don't want it. They want the cardholder spending without any thoughts. Just spend, spend, spend. Don't worry about anything. We got you covered kind of thing. You could be reckless. You could leave your card. <laughs> leave it on a street corner. Just call us and tell us it wasn't. It wasn't you kind of thing and you get your money back. Yeah, don't leave your Litecoin. Uh, if you have a mobile wallet, don't leave it unpassword protected, open and forget it somewhere because someone could, <laughs> could drain the whole account and there would be nothing you could do about it. So I think that's something that we can remind folks too, is if you're in Litecoin or Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency, you really need to be in charge of your own personal, uh, you got to Custody the best you can and uh, just make sure you know who controls. And, and it's like really cash. who is you. It's the person that that holds it. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to think of it like cash. So a lot of people, that's where a lot of people stop. And they say, well, what? hey, Johnny, if I lose my password, can I lose all this stuff or this or that? And I say to them, well, if you drive to a bad neighborhood with um, a stack of money on your, um, on your front seat or on your uh, windshield mm -hmm. and you have a leave the windows down, you're going to come back to your car and most likely that money's, um, that money's gone. Same idea with this. 
And that does scare a lot of people. And I say the only reason it scares you is because it's digital. You're just used to cash, but cash is the same exact responsibility. I explain this is a little better than that because you can make backup copies. So at least if you lose your device or your thing you have it on, you have these backup copies where you can remake the wallets. I say it makes it a little more advanced than a, a traditional cash, but that does scare a lot of people, that whole concept. I think it's just because people, when it comes to digital stuff, are used to, there's always a kind of a, a kill switch or a way out where we can just say, hey, we throw in the towel. We, we can't do it. Take care of me kind of thing. And that's what they want. They want us by 2030, we'll own nothing and be happy. They want us going into a world where we're weak and feeble. We say, please, government and company, come protect us. We can't we can't do it ourselves. We need your your protection kind of thing. So it's um, that's a hard concept to get across. But it's um, it's a you know, it's key just to relate it back to cash in that situation. It's just explain to me, I have to do the same thing with cash. And um, so actually, I make that distinction, too, as far as um, utilizing Litecoin. I say you could look at it more of like the payment network angle, mm -hmm. and then you could try to deal with a processor and let the payments clear and just look at it from and let the system try to do it for you and give you this nice thing that says, ooh, green check mark, you're getting payment or invoices paid. Or you could treat it more like a currency where you just send payments right into your wallet. I tell them I like to treat it like a currency. So if you treat it like a currency, you can accept Litecoin today in all these POS systems. Because you just, even in like the Clover system, which is popular, I put that system out there, you can add payment types. And then you add, a lot of the Clovers I put out there, I add a payment type that says Litecoin or Bitcoin, right? That let's put a sign by your register or on the tables if it's a restaurant or wherever. Even if it's another type of business, a plumbing store or something that sells larger ticket items. You get Litecoin, still bring the items up in your register because you still have to account for your inventory. Hit that Litecoin as the payment type. It closes out your sale. This way your reporting matches at the end of the day. You just know you took this Litecoin into a private wallet. And then just they're checking that wallet, make sure you got paid. Um, that's half the battle for these a lot of businesses and people is they need accounting. They can't say, hey, we can't have no accounting that we got Litecoin or something. So as long as you could show them on the reporting, hey, it's easy to track. And then just like, and then I even go a step further. I tell if people push back on me there, I say, all right, well, if that's too tricky for you to check this other wallet, right? What do you do if someone leaves cash on your table or someone gives you cash at a register to an employee? We have to count it. Okay, how do you count it? Does a machine count it for you? No, the person counts it. And uh, people are getting worse at counting. I can't tell you how many times I'm getting wrong change back. I was going to say, can we produce change when we divide a dollar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so all kind of that's kind of how I – look at it from attacking the market or attacking the public yeah yeah this is all good stuff i have all these questions and then it's like we got to let it flow where it goes so what we talked kind of about how do i get it the liquidity of litecoin um atms exchanges um maybe some over-the-counter obviously if you know somebody and they're willing to do an exchange with litecoin too um you know uh and and you've called it kind of like litecoin's more cash-like um, than maybe Bitcoin or the silver to Bitcoin's gold, as it said. It's just a little bit more, uh, I guess the currents the currents are different. It's a little faster, it's a little cheaper or a lot faster, a lot cheaper. Um, but it's, it's the digital currency for payments. And I think you uh, already talked about that. And I want to go a little bit further with that. By the way, there's a book actually written by uh, e-currency holder, called Litecoin, the digital currency for payments. It's available on Amazon. It's available on the Litecoin Foundation. I've got a copy back there. It's a few, few years old now, but Litecoin was created as money. And, and, and I don't know if I can say that any clearer. It's, it's yes, you can get ordinals. We talked about those. Yes, there are NFTs, which you can launch on top of it. But primarily this was created as money. And um, 
I think it's incredible. So being a payments guy, and by the way, we do have some Q and A's at the end. Um, you know, how have you, what does it look like now in 2023 versus maybe 2017 with businesses wanting to adopt Litecoin as payment? Um, it's obviously more, um, I guess it's different. Um, there's more options now, so it makes more sense and people heard about it. But on the flip side, there's been a lot of bad press about crypto. So people just lump everything in together. So a lot of times people will laugh you off if you bring it up as a as an option. Because I'm like, oh, they saw an article about FTX or about something crazy. And, uh, you know, again, I just, just again, you could even remind people, you could say, well, look, now – um, when everyone was laughing about it, that was actually the best time to buy it and explain how the price is now back up and how, um, you know, I really just explain that as it comes to accepting for payment, you don't have to keep the stuff. You can liquidate it and turn it into the currency that you want when you want. You can sell it right away. It's just that this will give you a, a secure way to accept payment. I, I you know, I have a rule. You don't tell people what to do with their money. So it's not like when people, when they accept credit card, I'm sitting there and saying, you better keep all the payments that come in. They're a business. They're going to be like, Johnny, I, I got to pay the rent. I got to pay the bills. I don't, I'm lucky if enough money comes in. So don't be mad. People have to convert it into dollars or spend it or get rid of it. You know, saving money is a luxury. So I'm just more about the use of it and actually taking it for payment and converting it into another currency just to get that secure payment method. That's a good use of it. I like to keep it as money to save a little because I'm bullish on it and I think, hey, it's going to outpace these other currencies and it's going to it's going to appreciate in price while dollars, euros, all these other currencies are going to decrease in price. I like the... Um, monetary policy of it that there's only ever going to be 84 million litecoins i like that it's four times bitcoin there's only ever going to be 21 million i like how it's built like that so i'm bullish on that's why i decide to keep it but however people decide to use it um i think showing them popular payment methods too helps like that's why paypal is important i can't wait for venmo to actually um venmo is cool to show them but again they can't send a payment in and out of venmo at some point, we know Venmo will turn that switch on. They're going to – my guess is they're waiting for the next bull run because then they can make a big announcement about it. And obviously, it's better to do things like that. You get a lot more customers and they'll get a lot more um, – they'll get a lot better hit on their end. So from a business perspective, I get it. So probably when we go into the next bull run, you'll definitely see Venmo turned on where you can send payments in and out. Um and that's going to be really something. I mean, even Cash App's cool because you can show them, uh, hey, you can Bitcoin, send Bitcoin yeah. in, in and out. Um, Cash App's pretty popular. PayPal's really popular, especially for businesses. So you can say, hey, look, I use PayPal. Um, even if you get regular, tell them, hey, that's a good way to buy as well. You might get dollars in your PayPal account. You might want to save in, in Bitcoin or in Litecoin and um, to put some money away for, for whatever. And then if you need it, you can convert it right back through there. So yeah, it's getting easier, I guess, as more stuff comes out, but we're battling more FUD too. There was a lot less known about it in 2017, 2018, where people were more like, okay, yeah, it's, I've heard of that maybe, or now they're like, oh, I've heard bad stuff about it. So that's, that's the problem to overcome now. Yeah, yeah. We've seen a few narrative shifts over time. I think overall... Crypto is not without crosshairs for sure, but I believe there's a, a there's a initially it was for you know drug dealers and terrorists and everything else. I think those days are gone. Not saying they can't bring those things up. Uh, I think that some folks do, but I mean you know you have um, larger organizations, and that was one of the big narratives a few years ago. You know Wall Street and the bankers want to get their hands on Bitcoin, so they're going to make it you know, so that they can profit off it. And then the, the narrative changes. It, it, it goes back and forth. Um, however, 
real quick, I think yeah. using um, if people say, oh, criminals or drug dealers, these people are all oh, these ransomware things. What about that? Mm-hmm. I I turn it right back on them. I say, well, if somebody came in and robbed us right now, what do they want to steal from us or rob from us? Or if a drug dealer did a big drug deal, are they going to accept tablecloths as the payment form? No. <laughs> They're going to probably want a bag of cash. They might want a digital currency because it's so secure. Mm-hmm. And I explained to them that's why this stuff is used there is because it's so secure, because it's valuable. No one tells a criminal what to do. They decide we're going to utilize the best tool that we have available to us. So I don't even run from that. I just explain, hey, that's that's. Any currency, that's a small part of the use. But if criminals didn't want to use it, it probably wouldn't be a good money. They're going to elect to use the best thing that they have at their disposal. That's an interesting uh, observation, actually. Yes. Don't run from this stuff. Even um, people talk about money laundering. And I love talking about that with people because most people don't know what money laundering is. And I explained to them what's really hard to launder money with, um, especially with Litecoin or Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And like, no, no. And I say, you know, it's pretty, really hard through those networks. And I explain about how money laundering works. You're trying to make illegal funds appear to be legal. Yeah, They can tell you whatever they want. That's money laundering in its truest sense. Think about like drug dealers, Scarface back in the day. They need to legitimize income. So they'll say, okay, we have all this drug money. We need to make it look like we made it through a business. So are you better off utilizing the visa system and the banking system that has these automatic reporting requirements and this automatic reporting structure built in? So you do you run payments through that. That laundering is being stamped into that system, right? Or the Litecoin or Bitcoin network, it's decentralized. Nobody reports to anybody. So it's very hard to launder the money, especially when there's a um, when the payments can be seen when the system itself can be audited. So it's uh, it's not an easy thing. So it's much more preferred in that other system where everything is a visa. If you do credit card payments, you could set a 1099. You don't have to you don't even need a, a launderer in that case. <laughs> You just set up a credit card merchant account. You run whatever payments. You sneak whatever payments through your business you need. They send you a 1099. That goes on your tax return. You actually cut out. They made it easier for you to launder funds. If you launder funds through Litecoin or Bitcoin, you're going to have to do it the old school way and involve this other person that runs it for you. And you have to pay them all this stuff. And then also, too, if you're laundering money in the traditional system, you don't need the funds. You're laundering credit. Hmm. So you don't even need the funds up front. And it has this protection built in where Litecoin or Bitcoin actually need all the money liquid and available. So it's really, um, as far as that perspective goes, way harder. But they'll never let us on to that. They'll say, no, no, it's they're laundering all this money. And then it's – I've even had made people at banks like feel stupid and like – they, I've had booths set up and they're like, this is used for money laundering. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do you actually know what money laundering is? And they're like, uh, uh. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> you come over to my booth. You're saying crypto is just for money laundering. I say, what is money laundering? Please tell me, please explain it to me. And then I've made them look stupid in front of people. I said, well, here's what it is. Don't you think your system's easier to launder the money through? If I was the money launderer, why on earth? I said, that might get you killed on the streets. You're, you're picking Litecoin to launder the money through when you could have done it just through a bank in the visa system. Like, yeah. I, you might get a hit out on your life if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? I think it's always interesting to consider that. I believe the U.S. $100 bill is like the international uh, yeah. unit of account for crime or underground activity. And again, the U.S. dollar has value and purpose. Therefore, it will function into the white and the black market. So I do think that's interesting that you mentioned that. Um, for crimes, you can use crypto because they are functional and secure and all those things. But you'd be foolish to. And, and that's kind of what I think. Like, why would you choose Bitcoin and Litecoin? Why would you choose a transparent digital network where literally anybody can get an address and run the entire account history why? 
granted, there is an anonymity, not if you're touching an exchange or anything else that's KYC, but you could arrange it, but it sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I just think what? it's a lot of mythology that's being propagated to keep people out of Litecoin or Bitcoin or, or the currencies you know that they are. So, and, that, and then I tell people what they don't want you to know is that they, they can't take your money as easy if you have it in Litecoin or Bitcoin because like a non-confiscatable, yes. They can't confiscate it from you. I explain to people that's the part they want to hide from because if you really wrap your mind around that, you're like, wait a second, doesn't this give us more freedom? They don't want you thinking that. They want you thinking, hey, it's it's used for money laundering. Don't think about the freedom aspect. It's dangerous. You have more freedom with your bank account. We're giving your kids lollipops. We're giving you coffee, maybe a toaster, maybe this. You know what I mean? So it's uh, they want you pacified with, with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, the, the neat thing with Litecoin is you can do the person-to-person -person transaction. You can run your own node. You can have your wallet on your phone or get some sort of uh, cold storage. Um, again, I'm supposed to not know anything about Litecoin in this interview. Anyway, we pro we proceed. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's all these things that we can do. Or like you said, you can show them there's a Visa card where you can use Litecoin and hop into fiat through the point of the Visa network. Or our friends in Europe, we have it on MasterCard. So with Litecoin, you do get both sides. And however you wish to spend it, it's liquid. Um, you have an MWeb shirt on. Um, I think that's an interesting uh <laughs> development. And again, we recently had David Birkin on. He was our first guest on the show. And really after that is where we began this new journey. Um, so again, thank you, Johnny, for coming on this uh, new experience uh, with us. Uh, but why do you like um, Mimblewimble? So I like it because it um, a complete privacy coin, I guess it but my fear was always about auditing the system, a total number of coins if you can't see anything. And I do like the transparency of the Litecoin network and the Bitcoin network. It makes it this truth protocol. For me as a processor, that's actually what drew me to it. The fact that I could take a transaction ID, look it up and see what happened with the payment. And I said, well, wow, this brings about complete transparency where the bank and the legacy system so opaque. I said, if they only had this in the legacy system, it would solve us a lot of problems as the processors. It's so vague what they're doing. And, and it's um, so I love that aspect of it. But within that transparency and all of that auditability, to have some form of privacy is key because it's like, okay. I love that you can audit the system, see what's going on, see totally the network traffic, but there should be a privacy tunnel in there that you could at least operate in, in transparency. So that's what's cool about MWeb, how it's built as that extension block. You can still fully audit the blockchain at all times. You can say, okay, there's uh, 30,000 coins moving around in MWeb right now, but, you know, I... I everything lines up and everything matches. I could see, you know, I, you could see what went in and what came out. You just can't see it when it's in that layer. So it kind of gives you the best of both worlds, in my opinion. It gives you um, an auditability, the transparency, all of that. So it kind of keeps everybody happy. And then money is supposed to be free. So it's like, okay, well, once I went through your KYC government and did all this with legally bought funds, I should have some right to privacy as my money. And then that's a that's a human right. So I would hope even the um you know, even the CBDC, I would hope that they come out with maybe that'll have MWeb or Mimblewimble built into it. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. <laughs> I think it's gonna have to have something like that. It, it could is. it would not fly. I mean, I don't no. think it would be private to government, of course, but it would be private person to person. And there's even, um, you know, there's even a lot of senators and Congress people are talking about that. Hey, people still need, so not everyone wants it as a control mechanism over our lives. Mm -hmm. That's just we're fearful that the globalists, the WEF, the bad guys, the banking industrial complex, what all, the, all them are going to want to do to us. 
Well, then we do have people fighting for us or saying, no, 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 we need some. So I could see that potentially happening. That's where I would keep my fingers crossed that would happen. But as the citizenry, I want to audit the government. I want to say you have to settle transactions on chain so we can see this. Let us audit the system. We don't want to take your word for it. We don't want you to say there's this much gold in Fort Knox or there's we spent this or we did this or how much is missing from the Pentagon. We want to go in there and freaking look for it with our own eyes. And if we want to audit the system when we want, we should be able to. But within that system, peer-to-peer transactions, people still deserve some type of privacy. Because if not, then, you know, we might be good to go. The people that thought ahead and got into Bitcoin, got into Litecoin, we might still have some freedom. And the currencies will really um, go up a lot in purchasing power versus these fiat currencies or these central bank digital currencies. But if not, most people are going to be screwed. So I feel like you know, yeah, it'd be great for Litecoin and Bitcoin to move, go to the moon and this and that, but I don't want it at the expense of everybody else, where everybody else, where we're living in a complete flip-flopped world, because then, let's face it, you don't want to be known as the guy that, it's like, oh, Mr. Smart Guy, you bought your Litecoin, you're doing fine, mm-hmm. we lost everything kind of thing, so, right. and now we're stuck, we, we can't buy meat, we can't do this. So I would still hope there's – I'm still rooting for a good America. I don't want to say, hey, just because I own Litecoin and figured it out. I don't want it bad for everybody else. So I'm still rooting that they do this stuff the right way. And I think um, if they did it the right way, either way, it will be bullish for the price of Bitcoin or Litecoin. Because here's the thing. If you go to a digital currency system, now you're not running on analog mo- an analog type of system anymore that's going to be compatible with bitcoin or litecoin on its face their currencies are going to be compatible or right now you're talking about a high-tech blockchain trying to plug it into a legacy system it's the old expression you're trying to fit a um square peg into a round hole it doesn't really work so well if you're going digital currency to digital currency um, it'll work a lot better. I guess that's um, even with this Fed now that they're rolling out. Now, you could look at this Fed now system two different ways. On one hand, it's the precursor for the central bank digital currency. It's going to come out. It's the railway required for this to run on. But payments are going to settle instantly. So we're talking about then converting in and out of other digital currencies like Bitcoin, like Litecoin, Now they're a lot more compatible with one another because now you're saying, okay, you're taking Bitcoin or Litecoin that can't be reversed, but now our system settles a lot faster. So the systems can, in theory, do a lot more together and the system will flow a lot smoother. Now, how do they allow that? What tolls do they make us go through? What hoops do they make us jump through? is a question mark but at least on its face technically they're going to work together a lot better okay yeah fed now is interesting we'll have to see uh what comes of all of this i think it is on the horizon and a lot of us are expecting more centralized uh, digital currencies coming from governments whether it's china or russia or the united states or or um we will have to see or we could say maybe you know, government, you know, they say there's a better system, <laughs> decentralization. I guess we'll have to see. Um, uh, I don't want to say anything more beyond that. I don't want to be negative because I do think there's something very special in Litecoin and Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, as a, as a let's call it the Nakamoto standard, right? A non-government monetary system. Um, but I also realize that governments don't like to relinquish control so quickly. Um, and they currently, uh, the banks of the world do have a significant amount of control. And uh, maybe like Ron Paul would have said um, regarding the Federal Reserve, which is our central bank, Fed now would be uh, administered by the Federal Reserve, is maybe we don't have to end the Fed. Maybe uh, economics wins and the Fed ends itself. In that environment, I absolutely do think, uh, which would not be a great day, at least acutely, I think we can recover. But if the Fed was gone, you know, if the Fed ended itself, you know, through kind of a, a policy suicide, it wouldn't be a bright day. Uh, 
but ultimately maybe it could lead to more freedom afterward and then we would have to see. And I think what we have here is part of a potential solution. I think Satoshi released something that was supposed to be part of the solution, but you've, like you mentioned, the bad guys, um, and, and that's a general term, but let's use it. The bad guys wouldn't want this alternative freedom-based system. So there is that back and forth between um, you know, decentralization and centralization, and centralization still has a pretty tight grip. Go ahead. Yeah, I uh, did a video about this the other day saying that we really need to get out there as America. We want a strong America for the long term. And if we want to have any shot at remain, remaining the actual reserve currency of the world, we would need to end the Fed sooner rather than later. See, money should be a debt-free instrument. Money mm -hmm. should be issued out of the Treasury, come out with zero in interest attached to it, or with a set monetary policy where it's okay, here's the currency that we're going to create and you can convert whatever Federal Reserve notes into this new system at this rate. Here's the new money supply. And it's going to emit now at a 3%, um, you know, a 3% emittance rate every year, every week. We know exactly what's coming onto the market. Then they can't mess with the money supply. They can't mess with the interest rate. And if we did that sooner rather than later, yes, it would cause short-term pain for long-term gain. We would remain the dominant superpower, the dominant country if we went to it, especially if that treasury dollar was backed by gold or silver. That's how I feel they should do it. Um, you know, in the future, they can maybe back part of it by Bitcoin or Litecoin or something like that if the market caps were a lot higher. But I feel like for now, mm -hmm. um, even if they had it backed by gold or maybe a basket of gold, silver, or maybe oil somehow, some way, I don't know how you'd really do that. But if they did... Have it commodity backed, that would be the way to go. And um, it would really give us more. Again, they play around with the interest rate. They control the boom and bust cycles. They control these markets. And the Fed chair talking shouldn't move the markets. Jay Powell should not get on TV. He farts the wrong way. <laughs> He breathes the wrong way. The markets sell off. The markets rally. The markets think this. Is he going to 50? Is he going to 25? Are they going to pivot? Are they going to do this? Yeah. He said tiger credit markets. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So it's too much. <laughs> what did he say? What's he going to say tomorrow? Speculating on it. So if money came out of the Treasury as a debt-free instrument with no interest tied to it at a set emittance rate, these people could say whatever they wanted to. It ain't going to affect the markets. And that'd be a path more to the free markets. A lot of people in the gold and silver community feel that um, silver and gold are manipulated in price. I uh, don't think gold is manipulated as much as silver is. Mm -hmm. it's like so, And you can just look at the gold-silver ratio over time. Um, silver is really needed in a lot of the all the high-tech uh, industrial stuff we do, every cell phone, every electronic vehicle battery, every car, every solar panel, all this stuff requires a ton of silver. I think by the year 2050, more silver is just going to go into solar panels than is mined every year. So what does that tell you? That's without electronic vehicles. That's without cell phones. That's without barn coin demand and all that. Med silver is using medication. So I think there is an effort where they – because the price of silver comes from a futures contract. So I feel like uh, it's harder to do that in crypto, thank God, because crypto, you can take possession right away. It's a lot more liquid for the common man. And there's a lot of, as long as there's a lot of exchanges all over the world that are pretty freely to trade in and out of, um, they can't manipulate the price that much on you, maybe for a short term, but... You can just say, well, there's Litecoin selling for higher in this exchange or that exchange, or I'm going to sell it over there or over here. So that's the um, – I hope that if they got rid of the Fed, they went to that treasury dollar, it would be a path to freedom and free markets, and then assets can actually be priced more fairly as well. Very good. I actually wanted to ask you about that, and you beat me to it. But in, for the sake of time, I know your time is limited. Um, can we do the Q&A and then maybe land the plane? I think we should be able to do that. That'll work with your schedule. Sure. Okay, cool. Yep. 
Very, very good. So we've got a few questions from Twitter. So thanks for everybody who uh, submitted some. Uh, so Master BTC LTC says, what would it take to get Litecoin on Clover? It, it would just take an, an app that was written. Um, but the key is that the banking industrial complex would have to approve that app. And we know they're not going to approve the app. I think the best shot at getting an app approved would be maybe like if BitPay did an app in Clover um, or a company like that that seemed that's really in bed with the system, then just going with like a light wallet app that's on chain, I would think that you'd have a lot harder time getting it approved that way. But I can't see them really approving it yet. Um, maybe in the next um, – bull run they would want to pump their stock price and that could be a way where the banking industrial complex also wants to pump the stock price so they you don't get me don't get me wrong they want a lot of people buying and selling cryptos in a bull market on exchanges so they can collect all that tax revenue they do want that they just don't want people thinking hey this is a good way to bypass using the regular stuff because it gives you more freedom. They want your mind on, hey, the price, you could become a freaking built gazillionaire from this <laughs> stuff, right? Pay us an arm and a, pay us an arm and a leg and your rest of your body in taxes, sure. So that that's that's what it would take, is just kind of getting them out of the way. Okay, very Technically, good. It could be done easy. It probably is easy. And Kenny also actually piggybacked on that question. So I think uh, Master and Kenny asked basically the same thing. I'll tweak it. This was me. Um, Shopify, Square, did they support crypto? Square, Shopify, I think, did a few years ago and then pulled it. Square, I don't think ever. Um, well, Square, Cash App and Square are kind of the same um, company. Mm -hmm. um, so, but no, as far as paying, again, uh-uh, because the banking industrial complex doesn't want it. Shopify, you can because it's online. It's and it's more international. It's not as so more of the e-commerce platforms have allowed it, where it hasn't been allowed in that face-to-face -face stuff. But even the e-commerce platforms, they pulled a lot of integrations. Mm. Even Shopify, mm. there used to be a lot more integrations that they pulled just because they got clamped down on by the. Uh, these global banking elites, the bad guys, whoever you want to call them. Yeah, I think that's why now we're seeing people more treat it. Well, it depends who you're talking to. But, you know, I, I saw people still refer to Litecoin as shares. And and obviously it's a coin, right? And divisible coin. But um, that sort of action on behalf of the payment really does diffuse the currency. Obviously, we know how to use it as a currency and it is being used as a currency and it will continue to be used. But those uh, players stifling that currency activity really does make people think, oh, it must just be a stock. When yeah. it, it's totally, it was designed for commerce. Yes, it's not being permitted by the gatekeepers. Uh, the gatekeepers, that's by design. They don't want it to be permitted. They want to keep us from it. They don't want us thinking of it as this viable alternative. Yeah. Gump running Litecoin. He says, how many different intermediaries are there in a credit card transaction? Uh, and if the payments are made out of the merchant out of thin air, I'm not sure I can um, <laughs> interpret so, that yeah, perfectly. So in, a, in a credit card transaction, you have um, multiple players involved. So actually, Visa makes the least, or MasterCard, they make the least in the transaction. Most of the money goes back to the bank that issued the card. If you've ever heard of the term interchange fees or the interchange rate, the interchange fees go back to the bank that issued the card. Okay, So the issuing bank gets the interchange fees. It runs on Visa's rails. That's the payment network. The acquiring bank is, is on the merchant processor's end. They get a piece. Then you have the gateway or the software that's connected into everything. The gateway or software gets a piece. Then you have the payment processor on top of that, that they get a piece because they gave you the system and they put the thing out and they're, uh, they're facilitating it all. And then within that, there's a lot of miscellaneous fees that are connected behind the scenes that um, are assessed through this interchange program, visa licensing fees, 
the CNP fee, NABU fees, acquirer fee. There's there's a ton of little oh, fees. Wow. So a lot of times it's just packaged and sold as a flat rate. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people in that picture that the that are getting paid on that transaction where if you get cash, it's between you and the um, customer. If you take Litecoin on chain, same thing. It's between you and that and that customer and the Litecoin network that cleared the payment, which is decentralized. So outside of the miner getting uh, a fraction of one penny, that's all that, that went in fees. That's it. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we realize. We just know the ease of swipe, but the amount of hops in between and it doesn't it take months to settle, like actually settle? Yeah, so final settlement in a credit card transaction, you're looking at 180 days. That's why the fraud. So people say Visa is so fast, Visa is so fast. I say it's really not because you're not looking at it accurately. You can have a fraud, a payment can be pulled, clawed back for six months, 180 days. The Litecoin network settles out every two and a half minutes. So even this whole argument of people saying, oh, you got to wait for this many confirmations, that many confirmations, that's not reality on the street. If you're walking in a busy environment, just making small transactions, especially with Litecoin, you don't need any, you could just see that the payment propagated to the network and that's much safer than accepting a Visa transaction because you almost can't. In light, you can almost can't do it. What's called a double spend on the Litecoin network. It's a lot easier to do on the Bitcoin network because Bitcoin fees are high, and the network saw it slower. Where Litecoin, right as of right now, the blocks aren't full. Mm-hmm. The payments are all going to clear in that next block, no matter what fees you attach to the transaction. So, yeah, Litecoin obviously is way faster. If you're talking about two and a half minutes versus 180 days. Very good. As far as final settlement goes. Next question, and thank you, Johnny. Uh, this is from G68Charlie. We got two more after this one. What's the best way to help a business accept Bitcoin or Litecoin in my area for over-the-counter transactions or on their website? He's in Connecticut. I would just, again, explain to him that currency aspect and angle, set them up with a wallet. But the main thing is to see what system they currently use and you have to put a payment button in their current system. So if someone comes in and pays with Bitcoin or Litecoin, they can at least close out the sale in the main register. That's really, if you could do that, that's key. And again, in the Clover system and some of these other systems, it lets you do what's called add tender type. You just add a tender type, you name it Litecoin, you name it crypto. And if you get crypto or Litecoin, you hit that payment button. This way, what's because at the end, businesses need to know at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, what payments did I get? How did the money come in so I can account for it? And if you could show them how to account for it, they're going to be willing to accept it. Where if you say, well, I can't show you how to account for it, they're going to say, well, I can't accept it for payment because I can't do my books now. I can't account for it. So as long as you can do that, Show them the wallet's easy. So I say most businesses have an iPad by the register or if it's the owner operator, put a wallet on their phone, put a little sign up if you want to make it even easier for them with that with their Litecoin address, put it on the sign. Say now accepting Litecoin or Bitcoin scan here to make payment. They can make payment and then at your leisure, you just whip out your phone and say, okay, cool. I see that the payment came in. You don't even have to open up the app and show them a QR code. Yeah, it's actually not very hard. It's pretty yeah. amazing. And QR codes used to be kind of, oh my goodness, you know, who's going to ever use these? And then COVID happens. <laughs> Everybody's using QR codes. They're getting rid of menus. There's a QR. So everybody knows how to use a QR code now and everybody's carrying a camera. Um, Which so- is good for crypto adoption <laughs> that people kind of understand the QR code more, how yeah. to scan what it is. So with that... That does help crypto adoption, I guess, in some in some ways. But don't be um, scared that people are saying, oh, you know, it seems like it's adopting a lot slower. Look at Apple Pay. That took forever to take off. Even still, a lot of people don't use Apple Pay. It's so mm-hmm. easy. But people just, oh, oh, you know, if you show them Apple Pay, they're like, like you're reinventing the wheel for them. Even uh, swiping credit cards. Some businesses, you still swipe the credit card. 
instead of reading the chip or reading the um, the the digital component on the card. Mm-hmm. And that system has been around for 20 years at least, especially in Europe. They adopted it. Right. So it's just that money and stuff and payments take a long time to evolve. Yeah, good deal. Uh, it's coming. It's 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 happening now, and we'll see uh, where it continues to go. Next question. Um, this is a price prediction. I don't know. It's from the it's from the audience. So what do I have to say? Why X Y G R X? What is the price of Litecoin at the end of this year? Please, without exaggeration. <laughs> I'll give you guys a price of where I think it's going to be going into the having. Um, the end of this year, it's kind of a lot can happen. It's hard to predict uh, a U.S. dollar price. I don't know if we have hyperinflation, how much currency they're going to create, what the Fed does, what what news cycles come out. But at least going into the halving in U.S. dollar value, I'm predicting a price between $300 and $550 in U.S. dollars, Fed Reserve notes, whatever you want to call them. Where I'm deriving that from is I'm thinking that, okay, well, Bitcoin um, Bitcoin should be around 30000 I mean, it's close to that now. Right, so if we have a $30,000 Bitcoin and the, the ratio goes to 100 to 1, where it traditionally went a lot better than that into the halving. Now, you're about 55 days before, 50 days before, I believe, is when it usually peaks. So that brings us kind of into mid-June. So yeah, we're talking about, okay, about three months from now, if it goes to 100 to 1, Bitcoin's at 30000 you're looking at a $300 Litecoin. But Litecoin's appreciated and outperformed Bitcoin a lot. There's been a pump a lot of times leading into this halving. So the last two halvings, it's went down to under 60 to 1. I think last one halving, it went 54 to 1. And what I mean is, how many Litecoins equal one Bitcoin? Okay. And if you're at a $30,000 Bitcoin at 55 to one, now you're talking, you know, about a $550 uh, plus Litecoin price. It's kind of where I'm predicting it to go in that range. I think that's realistic. I think you are going to get the having pump. Um, and it, history doesn't always repeat, but it rhymes. So it has happened a couple other times. Again, we're in a weird environment right now. If we don't get it, don't get don't get too disappointed. But history does kind of rhyme. So I'd expect some type of bullish action on Litecoin, especially now that it's been kind of ruled a commodity. I think that's kind of more of a green light for it. So I would expect uh, – we have seen it move up. Litecoin is moving up really nice, but – it kind of fell off a little because of the whole this whole banking crisis and all that yeah. that came up. Don't be disappointed by that. A strong Bitcoin is ultimately good for Litecoin. It's kind of like the sun being out. Are you more likely to have a nice day or a nice party if the sun's out? The sun could be out and it could be cloudy in your backyard for a little bit. But, you know, usually if the sun's out, you'd be more likely to get sun. So I would just say be happy that Bitcoin's doing good. And I think Litecoin price will follow. Very good. Very good. This may be the most important question we have, and it's from Animal Litecoin, and it is, what is his squat personal record? (laughs) We all know you are very much uh, into wellness and fitness, sir. (laughs) It is evident. Actually, because of a couple, um, I really can't squat much anymore um, without getting too into it. so I don't do much heavy squats at all. I do more like one-legged air squats with no weights. Um, I kind of, for legs, I just do some leg machines. I do a lot of stretching, a lot of yoga, a lot of kicking. I just can't squat heavy like I was when I was a kid. But uh, bench personal best was uh, I had bench pressed in my heyday uh, 405, which is four four big plates on the bar. I don't lift heavy anymore. I'm 40, going to be 41 <laughs> years old. So 41 years old, it's more about um, – reps i do do explosive reps which i think is good for muscle growth i think if you can and your body will allow it don't go too slow think about a sprinter you're going to get a lot better results being explosive and your muscles gonna have more edge on it and shape but um yeah probably now i i don't i don't bench very heavy anymore i even bench and i go up to uh 
maybe 205 and I just do reps with 205 and uh, do my sets of 10 or 12 or whatever. And it's just more about uh, the good, clean reps, do them quick, do them fast. And uh, I love pull-ups. So do pull-ups. Pull-ups are probably the number one exercise. So uh, do your pull-ups and then master is doing that push-up contest. So make sure you participate in that. So what is that? Tell us what that is. You got to do as many push-ups each day as a Litecoin price. So start it now. You know, Litecoin might go into that having uh, pre-pump $400 price. You guys are going to be doing 400 push-ups a day. You're going to be looking jacked. Start so, with uh, 88 today. Start with 88 today. <laughs> it's a lot easier. Well, very good. It's, like well, it's going to be a lot easier buying one Litecoin for $88 if you want to buy and the price is 400 That is correct. Here, here. Well, well, uh, Johnny, it's been a, a pleasure having you on. I appreciate your time uh, hopping in uh, so quickly. And uh, we'll get this posted. It'll go on the podcast. And you can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, we'll have a link at the 84million.com website. And uh, anyway, we, we hope to have you on again. I got through most of the questions, but, you know, like I said, we didn't hit every one of them. But I think we had a very good conversation. <laughs> and uh, we look forward to having you back again. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> you bet, sir. Take right. care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.